I am Jen Wilson, author and body, mind and soul coach. Welcome to the I Am podcast, where we explore who you are. Hi, it's Jane here from I Am Jane Wilson podcast and today's guest I have on the podcast is Ronnie from Conscious Dance Scotland and also known as Soper Clubbing. And you know me and my beautiful skills at um, editing things. Um, we just jumped kind of straight into the conversation but I did have to chop off first minute and a half so... I didn't quite nail it. May just drop in sort of midway through a sentence, but basically it was just me saying, let's just go with this podcast and see what where the conversation takes us. So you haven't missed out on anything important going on before it if it does drop in like mid-word or something like that. So just before we drop into the conversation of the podcast, I just want to let you know I have a workshop on Saturday, the 25th of May from 2pm until 5pm. It is I Am Reconnecting. The details of it are over on the Warrior Women Project Facebook page and you can also find it on Eventbrite if you do a little search on there under I Am Jen Wilson. And it is the I Am Moving Mindfully workshop. I just decided to try it as I Am Reconnecting because that's what we are doing is reconnecting. Anyway, the afternoon workshop is on there. You can also get a link to it on the website if you go to iamgenmilson.com forward slash workshop. The information for it is on there as well with the links to book your space. It will be held at my home studio in Springburn in Glasgow. It's a small space so it's an intimate workshop. There's only space for six people which means that tickets are limited so book your ticket now so that you don't miss out. Don't think I've got anything else to share with you right at this moment. Not sure, can't think of anything. So I'm just going to leave you and drop you into the conversation with Ronnie. So have a listen. And as always, I love to know your thoughts and experiences of whatever's been chatted about. So I will speak to you on the other side. Cool. So why don't you then introduce yourself to the listeners and tell us a little bit about what it is that you do? Okay, my name is Ronnie Whitaker. I'm from Glasgow and what do I do? I do a number of things but the point of focus I believe in this video is the work that I do to organise conscious dance events which are currently running under the name of Sober Clubbing. Yep. So the well, I give you the background inspiration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. T- yeah. Tell me the whole story. Right. Okay. So it was about four years ago. I just had the inspiration to to dance. Basically, I wanted to dance, and I wanted to join like a, a dance group. And I had heard at the time that there was different. Uh, Different like dance classes available uh, in the in the fields of like mindfulness, so like dance meditation classes, five rhythms, ecstatic dance, these type of things. So I just started to get to know about this, 
this movement that's occurring worldwide, actually, you know, yeah. and this mindful dance movement. So I had a little look about in Glasgow, and there was a few classes, but it's like, do you know what? I want to do something that's a little bit more freer and that isn't that doesn't really have like a, a methodology behind it, you know, a formal methodology. Yeah. Because my background, my background as well is in electronic music production. Yeah. And so I've been a DJ and I've worked with synthesizers, developing music and things like that. So I've got that like in my blood and soul anyway, creatively. So I have that as my own personal background. Plus the that momentary inspiration at the time to like be involved in dance because I like dancing and I like all the mindfulness. I'm a very spiritual person. And so all of that coming together was what was moving me at the time. I couldn't see anything that I, that I really wanted to join. So I decided to start up my own events. And the first one I did was in Glasgow in a dance studios in Jamaica Street. And I called it Dance Creative. Is that the one about the subclub? It's exactly that one, yeah. I used to That's, have that studio yeah. before it was a dance studio. I used to, I used to run that as a Pilates studio. Yeah, I passed it on to Marion. Yeah, it's oh, my world. Wow. It's an amazing space as well, yeah. That's yeah, a, it's an amazing space. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. <laughs> At all. So anyway, I ran a little meetup group to advertise. <laughs> I ran a little meetup. I filled the place, you know. I was like, oh my god, right, great. What am I going to do here, you know? So here I was facilitating like a a dance meditation free flow dance eventy thing, and I had no idea what I was doing, you know. Yeah. So I had a microphone and a iPod plugged into a speaker, and I was just totally winging it, inspirationally winging it, you know. Yeah. And it it was good. It was a really, it was a it was a good event. It was a good day, and uh, the response that I received from everybody that was involved was like was overwhelming. I went right, there's something going on here, you know. Yeah. So that was yeah. the initial inspiration, yeah, and I. I um I hosted a number of well that was the the ball rolling from there basically so I was running these meditation free flow events that just had a little bit of a different spin on it because it wasn't utilizing any formal methodology like five rhythms, bio danza, chakra dance, and things like that. It was just free flow, creative dance, creative. That's what it was. So anyway, the events became more and more popular, just all of the time became more and more popular. More people were like coming into it, hooking into it, and there was a real energy building from it. So um, I shifted into a couple of different venues to, to get a greater size and to ensure that there was enough capacity for the people that were going to show up. And uh, eventually, at one point, I started running them in Glasgow in uh, Merchant City Yoga Studios. I don't know if you know, yep, yep, yep. You know Merchant City Yoga. Anyways, so we were running them in there for a while, and they really started to grow. So instead of just myself doing it, there was a team developing. We were basically offering like cacao ceremony, yoga, sound healing, 
ah, and all sorts of stuff. So that's where I began to, to really connect with some people who I'm still in connection with today via the events. You know, you mentioned like Sahili McGee, uh, and there's a few others as well, Agnieszka Milika, uh, or Aga, as, as she's more easily uh, named for short. She yeah. does sound healing and that type of thing as well. She's still involved. So the people that had connected in to the dance events three years ago are still connected and they're now part of the team that runs Sober Clubbing. Yeah. So between the initial dance creative inspiration and now the more flourishing mainstream Sober Clubbing uh, experience, there was in the middle uh, a name change to Conscious Dance Scotland because it was a conscious dance event. We were bringing consciousness into the experience of dancing, but we weren't boxing it into a particular methodology. So it was totally free flow. It was inspiring everyone's um, self-expression, inspiring people's creativity because people, more and more people were getting involved in bringing their own creativity into it. And it was just adding to a, a very um, holistic experience. So we ran them in Glasgow and we were, we were filling the hall, filling the yoga studio every time. We ran them all, also in Edinburgh at the same time, so it was a week about, yeah. um, and we were filling the hall in Edinburgh as well. Yeah, and then we moved to Stirling because we wanted to bring Glasgow and Edinburgh together and yeah. unite us all <laughs> in a big party. <laughs> so we did that, and the funny thing was, the party that we had in, in Stirling, people from about Stirling and, 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 and the likes came to it as well, so some new people came to it. Yeah. And everybody from Glasgow went, where is Edinburgh? Where are you guys? Edinburgh people, where are you? You know, so anyway, um, that was an interesting observation. And since Conscious Dance Scotland um, happened, and then that Stirling event happened, uh, things shifted more into like a, a mainstream expression of the dance events experiences. And that's where it shifted over to sober clubbing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that, that's what's been happening just now. And it has taken the spiritual conscious uh, dance, free flow dance experience. It is bringing in the non-alcoholic aspect of going out in a night, sober clubbing, yeah. it's yeah. bringing that into it well, it is opening the whole experience up to everyone, so it's not just for the hippies, you know, and it's yeah. not like just for people that are in recovery, it's for totally everybody. Anybody that just wants to go out and not get steaming, basically. Everybody. So the weaving and the creation, so everyone that comes along, we've got people from all different interest groups, backgrounds, and with all different motivations for actually attending the events. So we've got, we've got all walks of life, basically, you know, and, and all different interest groups, and everybody comes for their own reasonings, and everybody gets something for, uh, from it. Um, so what we had in Conscious Dance Scotland, where we brought in all of the different elements, like uh, we had like yoga, sound healing, we had the dance, we had cacao, you know, we've still got a bunch of elements that have shifted 
uh, a little bit differently. So we've got cacao, we've got the dance element, we've got the conscious dance facilitation element, which Haley's involved in. We've got, uh, I mean, we're open to every inspiration, you know, yeah. anything that connects into the particular experience and energy of it, you know, we help facilitate and, and bring in to uh, Sober Clubbing. So, for the past year, Sober Clubbing has been running successfully and ever-growing within Glasgow. So, it's been getting a lot of media attention, uh, a lot of attention from different commercial organisations, different educational establishments. I just did an interview with some students at Glasgow University. There's more and more students and more and more people are being involved in different lifestyles, more conscious lifestyles, for instance, uh, sobriety when they're out, you know, at the weekend. They're taking to veganism, so they're being more mindful of their food intake and things like that. And I see sober clubbing in the experience of sober clubbing part of that evolutionary wave and shift of cultural consciousness. Right now, particularly in Glasgow, we, we are also one of the only organisations in the whole the UK that are running these sober clubbing events throughout the UK yeah. um, but each have got their own kind of different angle and a lot of them have their roots in that spiritual conscious meditation vibe so which I think is fantastic because that is an absolute influence in sober clubbing as well however we don't box it there because we want to make it more accessible to everybody and uh, and therefore that's what makes our operation here in Glasgow fairly unique and also commercially viable as well. So we're getting a lot of interest from different organisations, non-alcoholic drinks companies and things like that that are becoming involved too. So you can see with so you can see with sober clubbing what it is initiating and what it is seeding within the cultural consciousness here in Glasgow. And to, I bet you a million dollars in a, a year or two's time, there's going to be a lot of sober clubbing <laughs> opening, yeah. up, opening up and happening within within our city. So, yeah, they definitely yeah, it's a big story. It's a great story, and there definitely needed to be that shift because when I was like 20, 25 years ago, even everything was about the office party, 50 pence vodkas and bone cars. Everybody was just going out and getting absolutely annihilated and steaming drunk and wasted and drug culture was massive and everybody, everybody just was drowning themselves basically in intoxication and there needs to come a point where that hits rock bottom and there's a shift and I think this mm. is where that shift is able to then come in because I know a lot of people that come along to your events were all people that I used to party with back in the day and it's mm. like we yeah, all, yeah. in our own individual ways, and in our own individual stories, moved away from that culture of going out and getting absolutely smashed every weekend and yeah. using intoxication to numb themselves or whatever it is. And I think, especially in the west of Scotland, you know, we have huge problems here with alcohol that... Mm. Yeah. There needs to be a shift. Was there a particular reason or motive behind it being a sober thing for you? No, I know a couple of people have said that to you. Oh, did you used to have like an issue with 
I used to have a great party with alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so uh, very much. I was doing a weekend binge drinking, but mm. I was all right. You know, I, I managed to sit. But I did identify there was a, there was a there came a point in life where I had my professional life as uh, an IT manager, which is like my, my previous career life, if you like. So being an IT manager, getting on within the, the corporate sphere, wasn't you know binge drinking at the weekend wasn't conducive to the development of a formal commercial uh, you know career of that nature. So. Yeah. You know, a, week, a weekend party, as you would know, just knocks you out for three or four days, and it's like uh, you're only it's just, just getting over the days. So just the practicality, the logic of that is like, do you know what? I'm kind of fed up with this. So yeah. it was just a natural shift. And um, the sober clubbing aspect, I, do you know, I'm not really sure exactly where that name kind of came into it. I think. Well, I knew what I was taking. I was taking these conscious dance events into a clubbing environment and there wasn't going to be any alcohol. So, you know, that that's that's how it really just came about. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was everything we were originally chatting about this and I had said of you know, I have as people I'll say to people oh, I've been sober since I, since twenty fourteen, but it wasn't like yourself. I didn't have an addiction or a problem with it, but I used it to go out at the weekends and go partying for the whole weekend and then laterally I did use it to numb things like don't want to deal with that just have a drink which again is a very west of Scotland attitude to things let's not talk about our problems let's just numb it and I I remember the moment that I decided I didn't want to do this anymore I was sitting on a beach watching the sunrise in Ibiza and I had been out for three nights on the trot and I decided that I wasn't going out one night because I wanted to go up and see the sunrise because every time I had tried to see sunrise and I was wasted, I was like, oh, I need to go to my bed, I can't wait for this. So I thought I'll stay in and I'll get up early and I'll go and see it. And I was sitting on the beach watching the sunrise going, this is what it's about. It's not about getting wasted and not being able to experience it actually. It's about being able to experience the day from sunrise in a good space. And I ended up going out to Pasha that night, don't go sober. And had the best night of my life because I was hearing the music, I was feeling the music, I was connected to the music, awesome. all the DJs that I wanted to see, and I just had the best night. And I got home at seven o'clock the next morning, but I didn't have the hangover. I didn't. I, I didn't have yeah. shakes and the fear and all the other crap that comes with it. It was just like that was the best night ever. And I decided from that moment, that moment, I was like, I'm not doing that anymore. That's that's been put to bed. And just now. I don't go out the way that I used to um, nowadays, but even when I came home after that holiday in 2014, I was still going to the Archies and still going out clubbing, and, but I would always take mm-hmm. the car and not bother about having a drink. Mm-hmm. And the majority of people that I'm around were completely fine about it, but I know other people that when they stop drinking, their friends get really uncomfortable with it. And would try and go, oh, just have a drink. What are you not drinking for? You're boring, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, we need to be conscious of that language around what mm-hmm. makes somebody interesting and what doesn't. Yeah, it's just so much of our cultural upbringing. It's just so much of our, our, our the cultural energetic and the trends or or the routines that that we have learned, uh, you know, hasn't it been just it's just um, 
it's something that we're just kind of growing into. It's been like a, a, a clothing that we have yeah. slotted, in, slotted into. But when it comes to the point, just like you mentioned there, where you like reclaim your own responsibility of self and consciousness and you and you you get honest with your little voice inside and 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 you have that reflection like you've mentioned about the sun the sunrise or the sunset and you know and you make that connection with life and you make that connection with yourself and it's not about like being some sort of a square some sort of a retard some sort of a, a dogmatic religious spiritual whatever it's yeah. just about totally bloody real and mm-hmm. uh, and that is it and it's not about especially not in my experience here not being i, I don't like uh, help run sober clubbing to be anti-drink not at all because i will still have a drink i just don't really get around to it because i'm too busy doing other things <laughs> that are that are more i don't know that are just more interesting to me so yeah it is about that connection with ourselves and that is it that is basically it that flourishes in these particular things and not everybody just like you mentioned <clears throat> people react to it a little bit different yeah and they may react to it well you know you may call it like a closed-minded reaction but you know, whatever that you know, we might we might we might want to call the reaction. People have got their apprehensions towards it because it's different, yeah. and because they're, they're used to clubbing. Alcohol goes hand in hand with clubbing. Drugs go hand in hand with it. So they just have not experienced anything different. But once you know, but that experience is there, and that experience isn't something that is just for a select few, just like the, the you illustrated. It's an experience that we can step into within ourselves because it is our own naturalness, you know? Yeah. And that truly is what's involved here in, in the experience, totally. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think for me, a lot of my journey was, like I used to go to the, over to Ingleston to the resurrection to like, the 20 hour waves out and how in the fields <laughs> and I remember being there and it was almost like I was looking for something but it took mm. me and mm. from 1990 what was that 94 95 that resurrection mm. was originally around um yeah. to 2014 to find it and it was mm. all a journey and all the experience dipping in and out of the things that I did like and didn't like and Will I try this? Will I not try that? Who will I try this mm-hmm. with? Who will I not try this? And part of that was mm-hmm. my journey and my growth and my experience and other people's mm-hmm. journeys and growth and experiences will be similar or different, but they're all unique to ourselves. And it's just mm-hmm. arriving at that point in a different way because back in 1994, 95, 96, spirituality was something for the hippies. It wasn't for everybody or you were religious so if you didn't fall into either of those two camps you were kind of looking for me I was looking for that thing that wasn't connected to something that I didn't feel I belonged to if that makes sense yeah absolutely totally I mean that's like what I mentioned uh, initially with my inspiration to go join like a, a dance event yeah. But I couldn't see anything that I liked because everything was just a little bit defined, yeah. you know, <clears throat> had its own definition. And and 
I think you you mentioned a good thing there about when you reflect back to your, your time in the past and you identify that you were actually looking for something. Mm. I think that's a great observation and it is not something that we're, we're always conscious of or we have been conscious of. Because when you say that, I reflect back and I notice that too. I was looking for something in life. What is this? What is that? Through all of these different experiences. And now, similarly, you know, uh, I, I can reflect back and say, yeah, I was really, really looking for the honesty within myself in the connected experience uh, with, with life. And it's like a metamorphosis in our life journey that takes us in a way, isn't it? Yeah. It's like a birth. Yeah. I think electronic dance music has got so much influence over that. Because when you think now about all the healing music and things like that that are out and they've all got these different frequencies and these different beats and these different vibrations, the electronic dance music, I mean, you'll be able to speak of this with your background as being a DJ, that must have been waking us up. The previous generations didn't have because they were listening to whatever they were listening to and our music was different Mm -hmm. and I think Mm -hmm. that's had an influence on why we've got this almost insurgence of people waking up and going oh my god because that music has been influencing us from the Mm -hmm. mid late 80s. Yeah yeah it's been music is a reflection of, of our consciousness mm-hmm. so it's both influencing we're creating it and influencing it this at the same time and it is such a vehicle for for um, the creation of experience and that's the thing that I really truly love to do in the events now, I consider myself a DJ at the events I spend a lot of time in the organization of the events but it's like hurry up and get this organized so that I can do what I really like to do. Yeah. And that's to create the, the experience of sound mm. and performance in the events. And I, uh, the, the, the mode of, of, of DJing that I utilize is like a, an intuitive um, selection and mix of the, of, the, of the different sounds so as to create an experience for people that, that, will, that they can connect into Rather than it just being, if you go to a club and, and the DJ's playing like techno music, it's like, and, 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 you know, it's one particular way. Yeah. And people are coming out to it. So there, there's mindlessness, there's, there's non-awareness, there's the music that isn't really connecting with people, you know. So it's shifting from that as well, from the music point of view, to um, creating music and experience that pe- all people can connect to. So it's not just like a particular, oh, it's clubbing, so it must be that techno stuff. No, yeah. in the particular stuff that I put together, there's like there's like um, like shamanic meditation music you know, that people can just like relax into, and then it picks up into tribal music, and the tribal music's really great for activating different energies within ourselves physiologically, and uh, also. Um, facilitate connection with ourselves and in connection with ourselves we are more confident in connection with other people as well and that's what starts to uh, emerge within the experience of sober clubbing and that's what makes it a conscious dance experience now when I reflect back as well in what you said um, about uh, like uh, during Ravia 
era and electronic dance music things like that waking this up. I do believe so. And I do believe the drugs at the time were waking this up as well. For instance, so many of us take ecstasy, the total heart-opening experience. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, for people that, um, I mean, I don't advocate the use of synthetic drugs at all, but I do advocate the, the use and the potential of plant medicines, which is a different thing altogether, which is like the, the, the natural um, supplements that people can take from the likes of magic mushrooms, ayahuasca, DMT, you know, all of these things utilized in a mindful way helps us to, to, to open up to birth our consciousness and resolve the, as the, the aspects of um, our consciousness that are not yet clear, open, and flourishing. So reflecting back to the ecstasy, when we're taking, taking that and it was open in our hearts and we are open up to this tribal rhythmic experience of dance music as well at the same time. Yeah. And I truly do, just as you believe that, that that was really opening us up. And I feel now at this time that we are now, or certainly within Sober Clubbing, we are able to replicate the experience of that, yeah. but now in a more conscious, natural, natural way and to facilitate the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Because if you're in that environment where everybody's on the same level as you, so within that Sober Clubbing experience, that's a safe space to let go. Like to allow yeah. yourself that space to open up. There's a, a documentary that's based in Israel, and I'm frantically trying to remember the name of it. Um, and it's about it's a study of ten people who have got PTSD, and they've used MDMA in a clinical environment to help them overcome their trauma. And I think with, with I think they had three or four sessions. First session, it was just a, a talking session for everybody to get to know everybody and get a bit of the background story of the person who had PTSD and what their trauma had been. And then they had three sessions where they were administered the drug and they sat and they went through the experience of coming up and talking through their trauma. And I think eight out of the nine, eight out of the ten of them all got full recovery and they had followed them up a year later and they were still in a really good place because one of the men had left his family and he'd become home, like he'd gone to live on the streets and just completely pushed everybody away because he's, the trauma was so bad. And there's a lot of research now. I shared something, one of the universities in London is going to start doing some research on psychedelics and how they can use them for anxiety and depression. So he's getting into these plant medicines. So there's... It's not being backed by the pharmaceutical company. It's philanthropists that are putting their money into it um, to, to try and see what can be done. Because obviously for such a long time, these, these plant medicines have been given a bad name because they cause trips and they cause these things that people don't fully understand. And it was maybe the hippies that took them or whoever in governments and pharmaceutical companies, etc., have all push that out as these things are dangerous, these things shouldn't be touched, these yeah. things are addictive and put a, shone a bad light on them because yeah. of misunderstanding or the fact that mm -hmm. they might not be able to make any money from it. So yeah. interesting what's coming out. The communications around it all definitely has not been clear and we, I think most of us now in 
where Western civilizations are awake now to the fact of manipulation yeah. from government corporations and it's like news media, you can't really believe it anymore, you know, nothing like that. On the the plant medicine side of things, we utilize cacao within within the events, as you know, is a plant medicine and yeah. it's the the rawest form of chocolate. It's chocolate before all the additives are added to it. So um that's incorporated into into our event. Fiona Sears um, facilitates that for us. She does a, a fantastic job in, in yeah. really um, yeah, bringing these cacao mixers uh, into the into the conscious dance experience. And for anyone that you know that might be listening, watching your podcast at the moment and hasn't utilised tried cacao, it's. Uh, it's good, no. It, it it's it's on its own. It's a very it's a very bitter taste, you know. Yeah. But when, yeah, but when it's made, you know, when it's made with you know, different um, ingredients, it can be really tasty and really nice. And well, that has a similar what we're speaking about, like to see heart opening effect. You know, cacao yeah. has heart opening effect as well. And there's a, a superfood. And well, you can buy the basic form of it in Holland and Barrett, so nobody's going to grumble in terms of legalities because it's perfectly legal. We have it in our events because um, it goes very well with the, the, the body movement dance experience to bring us into our body and to open up our hearts and our energetic channels. And some people have cacao, some people don't have cacao, some people have mocktails, some people just have water, blah, blah, blah. you know, but certainly from a plant medicine point of view, um, you know, we, we do, we do uh, utilize the benefits and the effect of cacao for a very positive, conscious purpose. Yeah, yeah, I've had some Fiona, Fiona, hold on, I get her name wrong, it's not Fiona Case, Fiona Thomas on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and she does cacao ceremonies. And she was talking about her experience of them because she'd been in South America. And I've actually been along to one of Fiona Sears' cacao ceremonies about just over a year ago. I went to one where she had one and incorporating a walking the labyrinth into it. And it was just mm. such a, a gentle but and calming and opening and lovely experience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's really nice. So when is the next Sober Club event? 24th of May, the Friday, so we're happy about that. We're getting yeah. it into the weekend. Nice, that's the bank holiday weekend, that weekend as well, isn't it? Oh, is it? I didn't know. Yeah. Super good. I'm pretty sure it is. So that, that always encourages people out and it's the end of the month, so it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You'll have to come along as well. Yes, it's on my list of things that I need to get booked in for and I've gone pay my pay my cash into the bank. <laughs> Join the fun, you're welcome in. Yes, definitely. So where is the best place for people that are listening to this to find out more about the event? Well since most of us are addicted to Facebook, it's <laughs> easy to type in sober clubbing and you'll find us. Yep. Uh, or else go to the website soberclubbing.co.uk. Okay. And if there was any, if there was anybody feeling 
a little bit unsure about whether or not it's the thing for them because you're saying it's like quite a spiritual event. What would what could you say that would put people at ease if they thought it's going to be a lot of people chanting and being <laughs> a bit a wee bit well. over there? <laughs> <laughs> but obviously well, me... you're allowed to be over there if that's what you want but if somebody's not well, too sure about it how would you reassure them for coming along to it well I would say it's not spiritual at all okay um, the uh, the use of language is, is a very important uh, thing in terms of the, the communication and definition of experience yeah. so yeah it's not for spiritual people exclusively it's not for people in recovery exclusively it's not for anybody exclusively um it is fundamentally uh it is a place and space where you just be your bloody self <laughs> you know you just, just totally just walk in the door i mean what i find is people when they run up are a bit apprehensive because it's a new experience and things like that and what I find is it that the the apprehension goes when people walk in the door because you know the energy is there between us all that are that you know that are they're connected into it. It's just like how are you doing? Hello? <laughs> you know, people be totally just totally normal and totally okay. And it's not about being a certain way of I got to drink cacao, have I got to like do this spiritual tribal thing that, that DJ guy was talking about. No, it's, it's Definitely not, because a lot of people just go and they just sit in the lounge area and they'll sit there with their panels and they'll drink away the mocktails and whatever drinks they want to do. Other people will go down to the dance floor and they'll go right into the dancing element of it, you know what I mean, yeah. as well. So that's why it's for everybody and we've got all of these different speakers that make it very fun, uh, easy going and relaxed. Yeah. yeah, so there's nothing else really truly to be said. It's like, come out. If you have a feeling to do it, do it. It's awesome, you know? Yeah. It's just about having a good time. And what about dress codes? So it's a very, a very oh. female question to ask. What would I wear? Do people get really no, dressed up? Very, or are people really casual important. or is it a mix? Yeah, it's very important. I always make sure that I address that dress code. Thing. Yeah. It's a total mix. It's a total, total mix. You wear whatever you want. So some people will come with, like, you know, stylish high street fashions. Other people will be in their denims and t-shirt. Other people come along like sort of fancy dress, you know, maybe do some fairy wings and colours and things. Yeah. yeah. People do that. Well. People come along and, you know, uh, uh, God, in their fitness gear or whatever, you know, or... Yeah. Whatever, it's totally up to yourself. You know, that's a good thing about it. You know, come as you are, yeah. be, be comfortable, do what you like. You know, it's freedom. Yeah. And a very non-judgmental space. Totally, freedom from from stigma, freedom from you know, all that posturing that goes on in yeah. different establishments. It's, get all of that away. You know, <laughs> chill out, be yourself. Totally, man. That's it. I think a lot of people or some people will have apprehension of feeling self-conscious if they're if they're somebody who usually goes out and has a drink and then lets themselves go to to have a party and they're going mm. into something and they don't have that wee that wee buzz or that wee numbing agent and go oh my god mm. 
what if I can't dance or am I going to look stupid or anything like that? But everybody's there in the same space. Everybody's there with their own story running in their own heads. And it's trying to let go of that story. Yeah. I think that's the individual experience, perhaps, for some people. Mm. Now, I have connected with a few people that are social anxiety sufferers. Now, putting a name to these conditions kind of compounds it as being a problem, you know, but, you know, so people that, you know, maybe feel a little bit nervous to to open up to to people and experience. So surprisingly, I have met so many people that, that, you know, that are, if you like, um, affected by that particular condition that actually come along to Sober Clubbing as like a place and space that helps to allow and facilitate their um, resolution through the, the uh, uncomfortable experience of that. No. Yeah. Because there is, there is that safety, there is that genuineness and there is that openness and there is no uh, stress or pressure to be any particular way. So everybody can utilise and experience uh, the experience for their own benefit uh, in their own way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a good place to end the podcast on. So what I'll do is I'll put the links to your social media pages into the show notes and the link to the website. And this is going to go out on this Monday coming anyway. So it's the day 11th, something like that. I don't know what day it is, but it's, it's the middle of May anyway. Um, so that's a couple of weeks before the actual event. And then if anybody's listening to it after the 24th of May, there will likely be other events announced either shortly or already by that time that we can get onto another date. Yeah, they don't hear about it now, they'll hear about it sometime for sure. They'll hear about it when they're ready. (laughs) When they need it in their life, that's when they'll hear it. So thank you so much, Ronnie, for being on the podcast. It's been a pleasure chatting. Thanks for listening and remember to leave a review and subscribe over on iTunes or SoundCloud and check out what's going on at IamJenWilson.com or head over to Instagram and give us a follow just following IamJenWilson.